Hey, this is Alex. This is the final part in a four-part series, so if you haven't heard the first three episodes, you're probably going to want to listen to those before this one. All right, here's the final episode of Resilience, Medea Gabriel's story. On Thursday, September 1st, 2005, Medea Gabriel arrived at her sister-in-law's house in Lafayette, Louisiana. It was three days after Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. She evacuated the babies in her care at Memorial Medical Center. She made sure that her own mother got out of the hospital. And now she was focusing on herself. She was dehydrated, hungry, and covered in grime. But she was safe. She ate a plate of white beans and drank water. A few hours later, she was at her friend Tammy Ford's house in New Iberia, Louisiana, taking a nice, long shower. I think I must have been in the bathroom for about an hour. (laughs) It wasn't heated water because the power wasn't on, but it was a bath nonetheless. Katrina and its immediate after-effects could no longer touch Medea. She was out of New Orleans, but she'd soon find out that her recovery might be even harder than her escape. This is Resilience, Medea Gabriel's story, brought to you by Good360, a nonprofit organization that distributes donated goods to qualified charities. Today, August 21st, marks the launch of its new Disaster Recovery 360 technology platform. I'm your host, Alex Kabelman. Medea's family and her best friend and co-worker Monique all needed a place to stay. Tammy and her family stepped up. Tammy was a family of five, and she took in a family of five. And we just made do. That extra five people included Medea, Monique, and Medea's brother, mother, and husband. And then there was their puppy, Bandit. They hadn't brought much of their stuff out of New Orleans. They basically just had the clothes on their back. And Medea's outfit was so gross that she had to throw it out. So Tammy gave them whatever clothing fit. They picked up some things from Walmart, and they dropped by the Salvation Army, which offered free clothes to all evacuees. Just getting those first little pieces of clothes was so exciting. Why? Because you had the same clothes on for about a week, (laughs) and you didn't have anywhere to wash it or anything like that, and you had no belongings. You you had nothing. Medea's family and Monique spent a month at Tammy's place. Toward the tail end of that stay, they decided to head to New Orleans to check out the damage to their houses and pick up their cars. It was a long ride. When they got there, the city looked, smelled, felt different. Everything was brown. There was a stench in the air, like death, a sour, bitter smell. Most of the trees were laid over. Everything was muddy, just caked up dried mud everywhere. We came around a corner. I'm looking. I don't see my house. I'm wondering, where's my house? Then I looked down, and it was on the ground. All of the other houses around Medea's were still standing. But Medea's house was now a pile of wood. It looked like the big bad wolf came through and huffed and puffed and blew my house down. You could see the pinnacle of the roof. It had a little ornamentation on it, but everything else was toothpicks piled up together like pickup sticks. 
So Medea needed to find somewhere else to live. The corporation that owned Memorial Medical Center, where Medea and Monique worked, ran a bunch of other hospitals. They said that Memorial employees could go to any of their hospitals that had open positions. Medea and Monique wanted to stay together, so they weighed their options. Everybody and their puppy had gone to Houston. We didn't want to go to Houston. Monique used to live in Alabama, and she didn't want to go back to Alabama. Another hospital was in California that was too far to go to come back and check on your property. So Dallas got it by default. Medea and Monique found two nursery positions, and Medea brought her husband, brother, mother, and puppy bandit with her. Her brother Patrick got lucky. He worked for Whole Foods, and they found a job for him in Dallas. At first, they got a few rooms at an extended-stay hotel with FEMA money. Then Monique got her own apartment, and Medea and her family moved into a house together. The transition was hard for Medea. For her, New Orleans was a city where you could just sit on the porch all night and talk to neighbors. Medea didn't see any of that in Dallas. I was like, where's everybody at? Nobody's outside. I used to have the whole cul-de-sac in Dallas to myself. I would roll a blade, ride my bike. Nobody was outside. <laughs> no, there were no porches. Medea's home life was also tough. Even before Katrina, her husband never had a full-time job. He would raise his voice, swear at her. But now, after the stress of the storm, the evacuation, the relocation, things got even worse. And then, one day, they were in the car. Medea was driving, and Monique and Medea's mother were with them. Bandit was in the back seat, getting hyper, and he wouldn't stop. Medea says that her ex held Bandit violently by the collar and hit him. When I spoke with her ex, he said that he didn't hit Bandit. He was worried that Bandit would bite him, and he didn't want to get taken advantage of by his dog. Either way, Medea was shaken up. I got off at the next exit and pulled into the rest stop. And I said, let me get my dog out. Let me see if he can walk. Let me see if he's okay. No, you better just get back in his car and drive it. I said, no, just let me see. Let me see. No. You heard what I said. So I went in the bathroom. I'm crying. And Monique um, came in the bathroom behind me and she said, you know you have a problem, huh? And I said, yeah, I do. Medea is a devout Catholic. She took her marriage vows seriously. And she was really conflicted about what to do. I went to a priest and talked to him and told him everything that was happening and going on. And he said, God, I don't want you to live like that. I said, that's all I needed to hear. Medea went to a lawyer who started drawing up the paperwork. She was still living with her mother and soon-to-be ex-husband. I shut down in my home at that point. I would cook for my mother and communicate with her, but I had no words to say for him. I slept on the edge of a, a queen-size mattress at the very edge as far as I could sleep, and this went on for months. Medea moved back to New Orleans in February 2010. Her divorce was finalized that May, and she found herself responsible for three houses there. Hers, her mother's, and her late grandmother's. That made dealing with homeowner's insurance, restoration grants, and house notes all that much harder. But she got the houses fixed up, and she got a new job as a nurse at a pediatric infectious disease clinic doing HIV-AIDS research. Being a nurse in a crisis situation, Medea can no longer do that. There are people who are meant for that. And since the storm, I'm, I'm not one of them. I'll help you if you need, but I don't want to be a first responder anymore. 
Medea's not alone. Some of the nurses that worked with her at Memorial aren't doing any hospital work anymore. Medea's best friend Monique is one of those people. Here's Monique. Well, I have a lot of nightmares about water. When it rains really hard, I can't sleep. And I've got lights on. Um, I just, over the last two years, unpacked my car. Because I kept my whole, my trunk of my car packed, ready to go at any moment. Because I was afraid to actually be left here. These are real scars that still hurt 10 years later. And Medea now has to deal with these feelings without the help of her mother who died in 2013 of congestive heart failure. Medea still misses her mom a lot, but she does have another shoulder to lean on now. Can you tell me that story? Are you serious? Yeah, I want to hear that story, Medea. (laughs) Oh, well, he is my happily ever after. In 2010, the New Orleans Saints won the Super Bowl. The city had a huge victory parade. Medea went to watch it with her cousin Gabe. And the whole city was electric. Everybody was excited about everything. She was standing in the street with Gabe, arm in arm, so they could warm each other up. It was kind of cold outside. And a man walked up to them and said, Y'all look nice together. Let me take y'all a picture. I said, sure. So he snapped our picture. And I said, how about you get a picture with me? And he said, what about your boyfriend? And I'm like, that's my cousin. Well, that's all he needed to hear. We strike up a conversation and watch the parade together. By the way, that guy's name is Wade. Wade Gabriel. And he and Medea really hit it off. He got Medea's number and didn't wait very long to use it. Medea's phone died at the parade, so she wasn't able to receive calls or see any messages until she got home. She plugged her phone in and checked it. And I had 15 messages. Medea, this is Wade Gabriel. I was calling to uh, make sure you made it home all right. Medea, this is Wade Gabriel. Do you think you can give me a call back? Uh, Medea, this is Wade Gabriel. Um, I just want to make sure you made it home safe. I hadn't heard back from you yet. I'm like, either he's a stalker or a good man. So I called him back, and we talked from about 2 a.m. that morning till 6 a.m. that morning till he went to work, and the rest is history. Everyone who have spoken with close to Medea, says that Wade is a great guy. He bought a brand new car for her. He's a commercial fisherman, and he recently got a new boat. He named it Miss Medea. Wade works on the bayou of Louisiana, about an hour southeast of New Orleans. Soon, he and Medea are moving about halfway between the city and his work, which means that Medea won't technically be living in New Orleans anymore, in the city that Katrina hit so hard, changing her life completely. A lot of that changes for the better. Medea is stronger than she ever realized before the storm. Well, Katrina took my house and many things that we owned. It took my job. It took my connections. It took my church family. It took my location. All those things it took. But Katrina taught me when it's time to rebuild, you rebuild. I think I'm more important than anything to build up. Resilience, Medea Gabriel's story is produced by me, Alex Kappelman, with help from Erica Kramer and Rachel Hammerman. Audrey Quinn is our editor. The mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder provided our theme music with additional music supplied by BWN. This episode was mixed by Ann Pope. 
Good360 is a nonprofit organization that distributes donated goods to qualified charities. Today, August 21st, marks the launch of its new Disaster Recovery 360 technology platform. Disaster Recovery 360 will revolutionize the way that goods are distributed following disasters. It'll ensure that critically needed goods are distributed to the right place at the right time in the immediate aftermath of a disaster, and also in the months it takes for a community to rebuild and recover. Find out more at good360.org slash podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning into this series. This is the last episode. To learn more about Good360, go to good360.org.